So they they made it a screw top, redesigned the bottle, and up the percentage. I think the old one was forty seven or forty eight percent. Yeah. Pretty quick because it's a Lancero. Yeah. Doesn't need a lot of fire. I gotta tell you, that was a really neat way to pack in it. Yeah. Wrapped in the, they wrap all of theirs in a in a cigar leaf. Supposedly it's uh, I mean not, not a cigar leaf, tobacco leaf. <laughs> Supposedly it traps the oils. Accomplishes the same thing that the cellophane does. Who would have thought? that a cigar company could be green. Cigar company in Pittsburgh, no less. Mm. <laughs> I think that, I think it's called the uh, Leaf and Bean, or the Bean and Leaf, or something like that, in uh, Pittsburgh. And it's got a nice flavor to it. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good cigar. Uh, I had a, a sampler of those. Five of them, I think. Not always a big fan of the uh, Lancero size, like a little thicker of a ring gauge, but it's not bad. When you showed me the cigar, I was like, how am I going to smoke this? Yeah. I'm glad you explained because I was going to light up the whole uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which no, end yeah. is which? <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, no, and it, it, it goes to show how big these these get, these tobacco leaves, people can't see what I'm doing right now, but, um, you know, it's a pretty large leaf, mm -hmm. it's not a small thing, um, you know, supposedly people who are really good can get all of the veins out of these things so that they can use them for the, for the cigar, they do dry out pretty quick, the leaves. I had one that was sitting on the counter at home, and it just, it's now all crinkly. You know, it's but, um, interesting to see one up close because uh, we went one time to, um, over here by the CIA place, to have a national park, but it's a working farm in which they grew tobacco and hung them in the barn to show what tobacco farming was like back in the 1700s. Yeah. And you didn't really get to see how big the leaves were because it was hung up in a barn far, far away. Yeah, because they hang them up, and a lot of times they hang them up kind of crinkly it all up and stuff too. They don't always fold them out. That's interesting. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. And this, this is uh, Jim Beam. Single barrel. Single yeah. barrel. So this is a redesign and a re. The, uh, the old one, I think, was 47 to 48, so like a 94 or 96 proof, or somewhere around there. This is uh, 108 proof, so it's 54%. So it's almost a cask strength, I guess. So I finally figured out why the angels are always singing. Mm. They always get in the angel share. Yeah. Wow. This is a treat. This is definitely a keeper. Yeah, they're. Um, no, you don't get them on. Si this one uh, is a Oliva um, Series G. It's a box press. Um, it's a nice one too. They they make 
bunch of different ones. I had one that was a series something else. Um, it was okay. Um, but this one's a lot better than that one was. It's got like a, a rich flavor to it. It looks like a rich... It's a little bit of a darker blend than the typical. I was the gym. Gym's gym. You know, it's they they they're gradually slowly getting back to normal. Um, instead of doing having twenty tops for up both um, first fours, they now expanded to twenty five. So, yeah, so still, you still got to keep 25 percent increase. Yeah, well. <clears throat> you know, it's... Well, what about the airport? Is the airport coming back to normal, or...? The airport is, like, dead. They even said Atlanta is dead. Atlanta is a major, major airport. Mm. It's dead. More major than Dulles? Yeah. You gotta remember, Dulles is competing with uh, Reagan National. Yeah, but Reagan only does domestic, right? And, Cana and Canadian. Yeah. Well, they have some international flights, but most of the international flights come out of Dulles. Because of the longer runway. No, they could always use Leesburg. Yeah, whatever happened to that airport down in, uh, they're gonna put in. <laughs> Maybe the CIA uses it to smuggle drugs. Like that, um, that movie, American Made or whatever it was. Yeah, where the guy was smuggling drugs undercover. He's a front for the CIA smuggling. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Huh. It was all fun and games until until someone got wind of it and didn't like it. Yeah. You know, that, you wonder why people work for the CIA, CIA, yeah, CIA, when they can get disavowed, <clears throat> when they're left to hung out to dry, even though they're doing the business of the company, for the company. I'm sure they have reasons. <coughs> Probably, uh, watch too many James Bond movies. Yeah, where, the money. But he was um, rolling in the dough. Had For a while, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I tell you, this is nice and smooth. Yeah. Try. Well, we're gonna, then we got the idiot in the White House who. Everyone knows he lied about the COVID. But he's blaming Bob Woodward for not going to, for not tell, ratting him out. Your take on that? 
I mean, <clears throat> nobody really cares, I don't think. I don't think anybody's changing their mind about Trump. That's what they were saying. You know, the die, even Sam Donaldson on CNN today said that he's, his supporters will fall into the gates of hell unless something happens. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think people just, some people think they'd rather have him than Biden, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's concerning for me that he took a peaceful demonstration and put the cops, put the cops on him, even though they were peaceful. So he got his uh, federal op. And then he Portland, he stuck the federal agents in unmarked vans, and they weren't wearing <clears throat> badges or anything, and they were uh, hauling in people off the streets. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that doesn't sound like... I know a Argentina lot of people... Or Nazi Germany, or even Russia. Or the United States overseas. The world becoming more dem democratic? Well, I don't know about that. That was just like, this was back in the day when you were. I think that was a James Bond line. Hmm. This guy, who never served a day in the military, who used bone spurs to get out of service, even though he can play golf and tennis, had the gall to... And I, I commend him for getting out of service. Right. But to say John McCain's not a hero because he was captured, that denigrates every serviceman in their yeah. service. Yeah, well... Well, John McCain's not a hero, but not because he was captured. He's not a hero because he, he's a murderer. Well, but the point I'm making is... I think, but, but I think that there are people... Like, I think there are people who are attracted to Trump because they think he is somehow more anti-war. And there's some evidence to suggest this. I wouldn't describe him as anti-war, um simply because there's a, a, a lot of things he's done to contrary to that. But there are people who believe that comparing him to Biden, Biden would be more likely to engage troops in an overseas adventure. Let's say Turkey and Greece go to war, Biden would be more likely to get us involved in that. Well, I think that would drag everybody into it. Maybe. But there are people who believe that that's not in the U.S. best interest. It's in our best interest to get out. It's in our best interest to simmer down with uh, the NATO stuff. But, you know, 
say what you want about NATO. Because of NATO, the joke has had the longest, longest um, period of peace in its history. And is that because of NATO, or is it because they committed suicide twice in a period of thirty years, and they didn't have a stomach for further conflict? Unless it was beating up on brown people and, and East Asians. You know, like the French in Algeria or the Belgians in the Congo or the... Were you picked up Vietnam? French in Vietnam, I was about to say that. And you know, if, when, if Woodrow Wilson had fought through Ho Chi Minh, that would have been a different outcome altogether. Would have been a different outcome if Woodrow Wilson was a different person altogether. He was, he was an imperialist, just a different kind of one. And that's largely what the progressive movement was all about, was progressivism. And it's one of the things that... Um, is he really a progressive? Because he is oh, a racist. Yeah, it's a lot of progressivism is racist. I mean, look at some of the stuff they talked about, uh, the post-Civil War South. How overly sexualized blacks were and we needed to do this and that to civilize them and blah, blah, blah. It was very racist. Don't forget, the birth of the nation came out when he was president, too. Yep. He was a Virginia boy. He just happened to be president of Princeton. So, um, yeah, it's one of the things, like, uh, Menard was asking, like, why do, why is, like, why are the Nazis so demonized? And it makes you wonder sometimes when some group is so demonized. And I said the reason they're so demonized is because the people who won are uncomfortable with the fact that it's only a hop, skip, and a jump from the kinds of things they were doing to the kinds of things the Nazis were doing. Well, you got to remember, the Nazis also... Well, a lot of a lot of what the German scientists were doing, the ones who were involved, were continuing on the same work. They were all in the same orbit as a lot of the people in the progressive movement were in the 20th century. They all they all build they all built on the sociolo sociology structure that the Germans in the 19th century built, and it continued on. Americans continued on it with that, and so did the Nazis. It's only a hop, skip, and a jump from rounding up Japanese Americans door to door and sending them to a, a internment camp to sending people to a concentration camp. It's not that far of a leap. But the fact that they did these medical experiments on people without their permission. Yeah. And people did that here, too. The Tuskegee experiment and, you know, all this other stuff. So people, I think, are uncomfortable when you put the mirror in front and say, look, these people are not that much different than you. And instead of confronting that reality and saying maybe we need to reevaluate our priorities and who we are, 
Instead, you just demonize them and say, well, these are just monstrous people, and we're not monsters, they're monsters. And that's what you end up end up having. The long and short of it is, though, that Europe, you know, for whatever merits NATO might have had in 1945, here in, in 2020, you know, Europe is no longer broken and broke. It might be now because of choices it's made, but, you know, the idea that we're going to be perpetually on the hook for Europe's defense against a, a Russian invasion that thus far in a hundred years has never come is kind of uh, unnecessary and it's but a it burden. it doesn't have to be a military invasion. It could also be economic and political invasion. Yeah, but how much money are you going to flush down the drain to prevent a, a potential Russian economic domination of somebody? And, and how much are you going to in, entangle yourself in a, in a potential alliance that will obligate you to do something? Well, it's all about the money. You know, I mean, it's one thing to say, well, we're going to underwrite the defense of Germany and France and Switzerland and the UK and Canada. But it's a total other thing to say, yeah, if, if Russia invades, you know... Uh, Lithuania, we're going to send a bunch of kids from Oklahoma and Texas and Louisiana and Alabama and elsewhere to go and defend Lithuania. This seems kind of uh, silly to me. And to a lot of people, they will say, look, we need to tamper down these these hostile uh, stances we have and, and not, it's in nobody's interest. Nobody wins if the United States and Russia go to war, whether it's a cold war or a hot war or anything in between. Well, but now you got China in the mix. To some extent. <clears throat> and then moving into uh, on the Spratly Islands, which is uh, part of the Philippines. Good luck holding it. The United States couldn't even hold it. Well, China has been building up those islands by shipping like tons of dirt to build up like these air bases and stuff. Yeah, but in order to hold something you have to, you know, be willing to, to kill indiscriminately the people who live there. And even then, unless you just nuke it, which then makes it so you can't use it, the people there are gonna resist you. You know, it's like one of the things that people say, well, if we if we tampered down the military or we abolished the military or whatever, you know, somebody would take us over. It's like, do you really think that? There would be a rifle behind every blade of grass. Anybody ever seen uh, Deliverance? You think, um... Goes to show you to not uh, not go to Appalachia without being prepared, right? Why are we sitting down this river? Because it's there. I was like, 
That's why we climbed Mount Everest, because it's here. Was uh, Sam Elliott in that movie? No. Burt Reynolds? No, he was in, he was in, uh, he was in the other one with Burt Reynolds. He was in, uh, was it the Sackets? Yeah. Yeah, he was in the Sackets, that's right. <clears throat> this was Burt Reynolds and John Voight and, uh... Ned Beatty. Yeah. Ned and Beatty. But what other thing, Ned Beatty, when he got old, he was in something. He was in, he was in, um, Superman. Who was he in Superman? Uh, he was Lex Luthor's uh, henchman. Huh. Um, he was in something else. I can't even remember. He's not related to Warren, is he? No. Just another random deity. One there. But um, yeah, that was a one weird movie. I saw it. You know, what most people remember from that movie is Squeal Like a Pig scene. Squeal Like the Pig, and they also remember Burt Reynolds with the bow and arrow. Yeah. And doing banjos. That was a hit song that came out of it. Yeah. Well, I've still never seen it. I've only seen clips on YouTube. I've never seen the whole thing. It's a weird movie. Weird movie. There's a lot of movies I haven't seen. If you think about, if you watch, if the average person watches two movies a week in their life, right? Mm -hmm. Which is doable, although hard to do, because that's you know about four hours. You know, if you watch two movies a week, fifty weeks a year, that's you know. That's not even close to all the movies that come out. It's a hundred movies. If you lived a hundred and, say, fifteen years, or a hundred and five... Let's say a hundred and five years. Let's say starting when you were five years old, you watched two movies a week. That's a thousand movies. And that's not even a tenth of what's out there. Yeah. Well, well not even tenth. Especially if you add in all of the... You know, nowadays, all the Netflix originals, you've got, you know, the, the made-for-TV movies, you've got, you know, the, the Hollywood releases that are just, you know, subpar. I mean, the average week in Hollywood probably has, what, one to two releases, depending on the week? And then all the movies that don't get released because they're so bad? Mm-hmm. Straight-to-video uh, sequels? I remember watching Birth of a Nation, and it was groundbreaking because he used live-action scenes and... You're talking about the the one that just came out, or the... Oh, hell no. This is the one that came out in 19... Oh, the original. Oh, yeah. A hundred years ago one. It yeah. came out... Uh, it, it was groundbreaking because he actually took the camera out of the studio into the field. And actually use people in their battle scenes. Oh yeah, like they have the uh, they have a video online of uh, Otto von Bismarck, 80, 80 something years old. He's in full regalia and he's just taking his hat off. It's like a ten second clip or something like that. They really colored. 
perception of <laughs> In what way? Well, it kind of romanticized the Confederacy. Mm. And it painted the Ku Klux Klan in a positive light, as if this, to say the Ku Klux Klan was the guardians of civilization or something? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I often wonder what would have happened if the Confederacy just would have freed the slaves and then seceded, cut the legs out from under the Union. You know, one of the things that people don't talk about is that there was discussion in the Confederacy about freeing the slaves because they needed soldiers to man the front lines. Well, that's not exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> but <laughs> just use them for cannon fodder. I, I was thinking more of like, well, you know, you know my my thing always is is that it's not moral to preserve a union because you think the union should exist. Like, you know, nobody would have that approach in their personal life. Nobody would say, "I'm not going to give you a divorce, even though you want to leave me. I'm going to force you to stay with me." Or I'm going to force you to be my friend even though you don't want to be my friend anymore. Like pe People would not feel that that's appropriate. But for some reason, they feel it's appropriate to say, yeah, it's okay to force you to stay in this union even though you don't want to. And at the same time, the South clearly wasn't the moral person in this fight because they wanted, in large part, to preserve their right to keep human beings as slaves. And that's also wrong. Like, or, or to keep them as second-class citizens once they got their freedom. Well, I mean, as they long keep. as you let them leave, as long as you let them leave, I mean, even then, I mean, uh, you know, I, I problems with that, but, uh, you know, if you let, by 19th century stand, standpoint, if you, uh, standards, if you let them leave, then I guess whatever, um... You know, forcing them to stay and forcing them to be a second-class citizen. You know, to to me, I feel like secession should be viewed as a human right. I mean, it, you know, if a bunch of people get together and say, "Look, we just don't want to be a part of you anymore for whatever reason," whether it's you know, if California, you know, bastion of liberalism in the '60s decided they wanted to exit the U.S. because they didn't like the Vietnam War, all right, let them do it. They don't want to contribute to the war anymore. They don't want to. They think it's wrong, then, then you know, they should be allowed to do that. If people, you know, want to leave for other reasons, let them do it. But then what was the reason why they, they fought to keep the Union? Because they felt that, you know, they wanted to have a Union. Or was it economic? Oh, oh it was definitely economic. I mean, I'm just telling you what they would think, what they would probably answer, but it was totally economic. You know, they wanted to... to, to have this, you know, economic system, especially, you know, they wanted to go off of sound money, they wanted to enact a lot of their economic tariffs, especially to benefit northern industry, which the South wasn't really participating in, they were importing a lot of stuff, um, you know, there, there was a definite economic piece to that.
But either way, you know, it's the same problem in Yemen, right? There's a lot of people who say, well, people shouldn't want to, you know, the, the South shouldn't want to be a separate country. It's like, why not? They want If they don't want any part of you, let them go. They, they don't want to, there's no sense in fighting them to the death to make them stay in your country. They want to leave, they want to be their own separate entity, let them be it. You know, let them, let them do it. Civil War is one of those interesting chapters in American history. Yeah, and some people wonder if it was really just a separate, a second uh, war of independence. Because they really weren't, it's not like the South was trying. Third war of independence. Yeah, maybe. Because the second war of independence was 1812. I think that war was just an unnecessary uh, conflict. Well, brought on by the delay in communications back in the 19th century. You know, the, the British had abandoned a lot of the tactics that, that had led the U.S. to declare war. While it is true that Europe and the U.K. especially didn't take America seriously, a lot of the grievances had long been abandoned and it was a it was a futile uh, effort. It was a war that didn't need to be fought. Yeah. Except that once it once it was fought it needed to be won, but it wasn't necessary to fight it. Matter of fact the Battle of New Orleans was was already I mean troops was already declared. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think um, I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and we were talking about American history, and I said it's a shame that a lot of things <coughs> that, that the history that's taught in high school and schools is sanitized. Oh, for sure. But it wasn't until you know you want to get to college when they start looking at. All the other stuff. Sometimes not even then. Sometimes you 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 know, it depends on. You know, one of the things that I liked about Mason, it definitely was um, not far left, and it wasn't far right. It was there was a lot of professors on either side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, in that. You can let that be. It's biodegradable. I want to take the um, the ring off. Yeah, I'm saying you can let it be if you want, because it'll burn just like anything else. And no, but I want to take the ring off so I can save it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That way I can say, hey, this is what I smoked, and then I can remember it. The 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 downside to um, to these. The leaf by Oscar, though, is <clears throat> some of them. I don't know about the Lanceros because I didn't look at the what it would cost if you wanted to buy them because they are a good smoke. But the one I think it's a, a six by it's a robusto, I believe. It's a six by fifty-two, if I remember correctly. A six-inch long fifty-two ring gauge, which is a little bit thicker, um, maybe a little bit shorter than this one, but a little bit thicker. It's like eleven bucks oh, for a, for a cigar. 
That kind of a scar better last 30 minutes. Hmm. It's about probably 60 to 90 minutes, probably. Maybe a little bit longer. Um, but it, it's... I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it. I mean, maybe if I made more money, maybe if I was, you know, a little bit wealthier of a person, it would be worth it, but you can get a lot of, of good sticks. You know, the, the Romeo, the Romeo e Julieta. somebody calling you now? The Romeo e Julieta that we smoked a couple months ago, that's like eight bucks a stick or seven fifty, if I recall correctly. Um, which is about as good, maybe a little bit less good, but not three dollars more. You know, you could buy three of those for the cost that it costs two of the other ones. Yeah, what this country needs is a good five cents to go out. What we need is to get a good sponsor to send us free cigars. You know? Yeah. But, um, you know, this is, this is a nice smoke. Yeah. Definitely is. That one cigar I had at one time, five minutes after I was done, I was like, like you lit up, I was done, I was like, man, this isn't enjoyable. There should be a cigar that I can... Yeah, I mean, sometimes people only want something that lasts, you know, half an hour. They want a short smoke. I'm trying to call you guys. You guys answer your phone. What's going on? Oh, doggy came out. Doggy's out there. Yep. Back to our previously scheduled programming. Some people only want a, a cigar that lasts, you know, thirty minutes. Ago. They're not. They're not having a conversation like we are. They're just, you know, having a quick smoke. They like to savor. Them. Maybe, maybe have it with their morning coffee. You can never have a cigar with a morning coffee. Sure, you can. Lots of people do. Lots of people like it, and especially if it's like a, a coffee-infused um, cigar, or there's a lot of people that like coffee and uh, coffee cigar pairings. Well, not not everybody likes it with whiskey. A good cigar is one to be savored with timely conversation. For sure. Of a grill with steaks. You blinded me. Shined it right into my eyes. Ah, sorry. I tried not. <laughs> um, did you catch any of the games today? <laughs> I have to fight the Redskins pull it off. I'm sorry. The Washington D.C. football team. Yeah. Yeah, weren't they down at like 17 nothing at one point? I don't know. Yeah, I think they were down big. I think it was like 17 nothing. Maybe this is maybe this is the coach that will bring reason to the team. Who's their coach now? Uh, the guy who coached the Panthers. Oh yeah, that's right, Ron Rivera. Didn't yeah, he have I cancer? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I remember when he was uh, he was coach of. Um, the, the Bears defense, I think, at one point, years ago. I think he was, uh, yeah, I think he was the Bears defensive coordinator. 
the year they won the Super Bowl. You know, the, the Red- uh, not won the Super Bowl, got to the Super Bowl. The Washington Washington football team has had their share of bad luck. I wouldn't call it bad luck. I would just say it's a, a bad organization. No. Self-inflicted wounds. Right. But two quarterbacks with uh, two broken legs in one year, that's bad luck. Two quarterbacks with two broken legs. What do you mean? Well, two years ago... Alex Smith, but who else broke their leg? Colt, Colt McCoy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot about that. Burgers. There's four, so I figured you could took them all up. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is bad luck, but it's not like Colt McCoy was going to lead them to the Super Bowl. Nah. I think you need something to wedge that wedge that open. Took the plate in. And I think two years ago also, they had their star, the I think number you, one You need a knife to wedge this open. You can't do it without a knife. They had a... They had their uh, number one draft choice, uh, running back. First game of the year, he, he got hurt out for the season. I mean, injuries are going to happen. That's true. You just got to deal with it. The problem is they don't deal with it because they don't have a good organization that comes up with solutions. We lost the family advertising with that uh, outburst. The, um... Why don't you just ask mom for a knife? Yeah. Well, the uh, the Ravens won big. Hey, that's always a good thing, right? The yeah. Rams, the Rams lost. Come on, night. Big Tech with Big Ben. Yeah. Comes back. Well, if the the interesting thing is uh, Lamar Jackson had a pretty good day, especially uh, through the air. He had made some pretty good throws. Now, granted, it's against the Browns, and you you wonder how good they really are. And the Patriots won. Yeah, that's right. They did. Tom Brady lost though. Yeah. You have to wonder because if if the um, the stadium was built for their game, that's what I'm saying. If well, I remember, I remember. Uh, this was when I was in middle school. The uh, the Rockies went out and they they brought in Denny Nagel. And Mike Hampton. Mike Hampton came from the Mets. I don't remember where Nagel came from. And Mike Hampton had played pretty good for the Mets. But he went to Colorado and he actually just just was terrible. Yeah, you have to wonder if they, if they're, like in baseball, if they're successful in one arena because the stadium was geared, if it was, um, 
Yeah. Well, in baseball, the dimensions are different, mm -hmm. right? And, and especially with, like, the Rockies, the high altitude makes it easier to hit home runs. So a lot of pitchers go there to die. But with football, it's all... All the, the, dimension, the field dimensions are all the same. <clears throat> and while the environment might change come December or January, or maybe November in certain places, typically... In September, you've got ideal conditions to play, and certainly with Tom Brady, he was used to playing in New England in the winter, which is windy and sometimes snowy and rainy and all kinds of weather. The thing about Brady, though, I mean, Brady never had a decent receiving court like Peyton Manning did. Except the year he had Randy Moss and uh, Wes Welker. Yeah. The year they went to the Super Bowl and lost when they were 18-0. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other than that, you know, his receiving core was average. But yet... Not only the receiving core, the whole cast. Yeah. You know, they only had one good running back, and that was uh, Corey Dillon. And that was back in... Uh, <clears throat> what, 2004? Yeah. Corey Dillon was the only good running back they ever had. They had, they had a good running back one year. But um, he did something to piss Belichick off, and they traded him. Yeah, you're talking about uh, LeGarrette Blunt, I think. Yeah. Who ended up going to the Eagles and beating them in the Super Bowl. Yeah? Yeah. Go figure. <clears throat> now, okay, this cigar. Yeah. I'm at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the road. Yeah. It is now dead. Totally dead? Yeah. Sometimes you can still get some after if you take a couple of quick butt, uh, puffs. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, it's a good smoke always till about maybe inch and a half left to the end. Hmm. And then it's a good putt. I'm duly noted. <clears throat> but, it was a good cigar. Yeah. And I got a fire to tend to. Hopefully we don't burn to death. <clears throat> Well, better late than never, right? Yeah. So what would we what would we rank? So what would you say out of the the cigar that you had, which was a Leaf by Oscar, was a Lancero? I don't know if there's any other descriptors. What would you rate that out of five? I'd say four. Because no cigar is really just, no, no cigar should be a five. Yeah, not even a, a pre uh, pre Castro Cuban. Yeah. Do they have like um like the, like wine? They have wine. There's like a two hundred years old wine. And they they have cigars from uh, the pre Columbian. Really? Oh yeah. They go for like twenty grand a stick. So you know. <laughs> I don't know if I was Jeff Bezos, I would probably think about it. <clears throat> Just to try it. That's why I'd be afraid to buy <clears throat> a $200 bottle, 200-year-old bottle of wine, because it might be vinegar when you open it up. Usually if it's been sealed pretty well. There was a guy back in the 80s, 
was uh, watching this uh, channel on YouTube, Weird History. They do, he's, they're doing a uh, a year by year look at the '80s right now. I don't know if they're going to go on beyond that history channel. No, no, it's uh, a channel on YouTube, and um, they were talking about somebody had bought some wine, spent a whole bunch of money on it, and it turned out they were all fake. There's a book that was written on that too. Hmm. Well, there are pre pre Cuban, I mean pre uh, Castro Cubans, that people still have you know a box or two hanging around somewhere, but they're still good to smoke even you know fifty or sixty some odd years later. Hmm. So you know you can you can find find them, but to me that's a lot of money to spend. There's uh, the guy from uh, Cigar Aficionado. Mm -hmm. He had a, a thing on YouTube where he's smoking, smoking them, the pre pre Castro Cubans with Michael Jordan. What a job! Go around smoke smoke cigars and read them, especially with Jordan. Yeah, you know the probably stuff that he said off camera that you wouldn't ever get from him otherwise. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was just good to see uh, Lamar Jackson making some good throws and, and picking up where he left off and, you know, probably, probably never going to silence the haters who are, you know, have a feeling about, a lot of it's probably because he's a black quarterback. Um, Remember what Marshall Limbaugh said? Hmm. NFL that was like what, 18 years ago? 18, 19 years ago? That time McNabb? <laughs> yeah. The NFL is desirous of, of a time McNabb to succeed because they, you know, black. In other words. Odd that he chose McNabb to say that about and not say Dante Culpepper, who is a quarterback at the same time, or Steve McNair, well, who I'm is also. Leading the, his team to the Super Bowl at that time. Who's Steve McNair? Yeah. Air McNair? Yeah. Rest in peace. Too bad he died. Yeah. Ah. So, anyway. Anyway. So, anyway. So, um, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, are haters of, of Lamar, and uh, you know, I kind of feel, I kind of feel like I, I'm still at a point where I'm kind of skeptical of whether or not two years from now, when he's up for a new contract, I don't know that I want to pay him fifty million dollars a year. I'm I'm not at that point where I'm I'm confident enough at this point. You know, thankfully, there's still three more years left to figure out if he's, you know, the real deal. I I don't necessarily at this point. If you if you asked me if I was confident giving him a fifty million dollar a year contract, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, you know, but you know, I feel like even even if they end up, even if he ends up having the same kind of career as Matt Hasselbeck did. You know, or or uh, or Steve McNair, even. I kind of feel like that would be an absolute win, a success. No. 
Steve McNair. Steve's a pretty good quarterback. But, um... I don't know. No, he was a good quarterback. He wasn't a Hall of Famer, of course. He's a Hall of Famer? He's not, and he wouldn't be. No, you shouldn't be. He doesn't have the stats. He wasn't consistently at a high level, but he was a very good quarterback. He, he was a guy who was, you know, consistent. He won, you know, he was a co-MVP in, in 03, and he, he, you know, gave really, uh, gave it all when he was on the field. Um, it's a shame that he wasn't able, because when he was on the Ravens, I, I really felt that they had a very good team that could have won the Super Bowl. And they just couldn't put it together in the playoffs to, to do that. Who did they lose that year to? The Colts. Who went to the Super Bowl? Who, who won the Super Bowl. They, uh, they they held Peyton Manning to five field goals. Oh, that was the... They lost 15-6. to six. I mean, if you, if you would have asked me going into that game... Peyton Manning is not going to score a touchdown. It, they, you're going to hold him to five field goals. I'll be like, of course, they're going to win. Five field goals, you take that any day against Peyton Manning. They kept him out of the end zone. But the the, the offense just couldn't put it together. And, and McNair did have a bad interception uh, in, in towards the, um, the Colts. It was a, like a first and goal or second and goal or something like that. He double-clutched. And he threw threw an interception, threw the ball too late, and it got picked off. And you know the game was never the same uh, after that. And you know probably if that goes a different way, maybe they score a touchdown or even a field goal, maybe it's a different game. You know, but they should have won that game. They didn't, and that's all there is to it. And he he came back the next year, was hurt for a lot of it. They ended up having to play Kyle Bowler a lot. I think Troy Smith maybe played a couple of play, uh, games, maybe a little bit of some games. And they ended up, you know, not, not making the playoffs, and, and he ended up retiring. But, you know, I feel like he could have won a Super Bowl and didn't. But he was a good quarterback. If, if Lamar ends up having his career or Matt Hasselbeck's type of career where he's just very good, I can't say that that's a bust. Now, if you pay him $50 million a year and he ends up not being that good, maybe that's a different story. He's still under his rookie contract, right? Yeah. They have uh, three more seasons. This year and then two more years. Who knows? You know, if if three years from now, and uh, two years from now, I guess, but he's still been the same kind of player, then yeah, it's absolutely worth it. To, to give him that kind of money. I, I'm just always reluctant to give anybody that kind of money. But he's kind of quarterback. He's kind of like, um, um, who's the backup they have right now? RG3? Yeah. Same type of, same type of um, quarterback, RG3. He's better. He has, a, he has more of awareness to him than RG3 did. You know, the problem with RG3, and I blame... Shanahan for this. Shanahan should have said, you know what? I'm looking out for your career, kid. You're sitting down. We didn't have the ball to say that. Because you're probably pressured by by, Shan, um, by Snyder. Could be. Shows you a dysfunctional organization. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a nothing game. It was a nothing game. They were in the playoffs. No, no, it was the playoff game. No, the game before that. No, they, they only played that. him. No, they, they played him. He got injured. He got injured in the game against the Ravens. Which was not a playoff game. No, but it, they needed that game. They needed all of their games. Right. They they won that game. They won that game with Kirk Cousins because RG3 was out for the game. RG3 didn't play again until the playoff game against the, the Seahawks. Okay. And he, he there was a, a, a debate in the, in the organization of whether or not to play Kirk Cousins in that game or play... RG3. RG3 wanted to play, of course, because he wants to play. And supposedly Shanahan didn't want him to play. I thought the way it worked was he got hurt the game. In the game they made the playoffs, he got hurt. No. He got hurt in the game against the Ravens, which was in December. It was a late game. It was a game they needed to win because they barely won the division that year. They needed to win that game, and they did with Kirk Cousins in overtime. But RG3 wanted to play in the playoffs. And they played him despite the fact that his knee was not fully healed. He probably should have just had the surgery and gotten done with it. I like that. I still, I still blame Shanahan for that. Because Shanahan too, said, Some people what? do. Some yeah. people do. Because Shanahan just said, kid. You know, the game to play, you know, we weren't supposed to be here in the first place. We're going to go with Kurt. He got us here. Rest. And then if we need you in the next game, you're ready to roll. Yeah. But Snyder, being Snyder, the kid that he is. Some people blame Snyder. Some people blame the fact that they gave up all those picks for RG3 in the first place. Now, thankfully, the Rams didn't do anything with them. But people kind of feel like they they really shouldn't have done that. And, of course, now Snyder is in... And I, I, I think the only reason why Snyder's in the crosshairs is because he's such a poor owner that they're looking for any way to get him to sell the team and because of the sexual harassment. <laughs> and I really think this sexual harassment mm-hmm. stuff happens on every NFL team. Could. I wouldn't be surprised. But because he's such a piss-poor owner, they're looking for ways to get rid of him. And this happens to be one of them. That and Not only a piss-poor owner, but he's somebody who's so, like, we have a healthy culture. There's nothing wrong here. Um, you know, the team name isn't... Re- I think it's Catch Fire again. The team name isn't racist and all this stuff. That people don't like him. Oh, he ran the team to the ground. He had a loyal fan base. Who was willing to put up with all the losing seasons? Well, it wasn't that many lo- uh, um, losing seasons when he bought the team. Right. But I mean, the fact that he 
in 2008 when the, the Great Recession hit, all these people who had season tickets for years, I mean years, from the 50s, had hard times, right? Yeah. He was like, well, if you can't buy a season ticket, I'm going to sue you at. And by the way, I'm going to re resell you season tickets. So he made double the money. Yeah. No, I mean... And then, then, the way the game was was played was that you bought your season tickets. If you were a first-time season ticket buyer, you were up in the nosebleed section. Yeah. And every year, you were able to buy down closer to the bottom. Right. Well, then it came out that he was selling, he was taking tickets, uh, that he was holding tickets aside for um, people who just wanted to buy tickets. And they were getting closer down than, than uh, people who played the game. Yeah. Well, he's just a, he's not a, a, a wholesome owner, but, you know. I still remember I this story, uh, story, this is on um, when Jack and Cook had the team, and they were talking about the difference in, in ownership. Yeah he, yeah, he told me. He worked it out of deal with people. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's an owner who cares about his fans. Right. Who Not died. everybody does. Yeah. So we're getting towards the end here. Any uh, parting thoughts, ideas, theories? Well... We, we, we stayed away from the, the earth-shaking news of, of Trumpster, of the dumpster. Is there any uh, earth-shaking news ever with him? Is it all... You know, Sam Dawson said there's some people who are going to follow him to the gates of hell. And God only knows why these people who drink in the Kool-Aid are not realizing that this guy has no interest in could care less about it than no. you views him as, as pawns. <laughs> I feel like some people think he's just less of a, a politician than somebody like Biden. And people think that maybe if, if the Democrats had gone with somebody like Tulsi Gabbard, that maybe this would be a totally different conversation. Um... Well, the thing that scares me about Trump is he thinks he's above the law, and his entire life he's operated above the law, and you can't have... Isn't the president usually above the law? When's the last time the president ever was, uh... Held accountable? What, Nixon, maybe? Well, Nixon was one of them. Is it? And so was even... The, the Clinton was, but then Clinton was... I mean, that was a morality tale. Yeah, it was for sex. It wasn't for uh, bombing and starving Iraqis. Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody held Bush accountable. Still, I would have loved to have been the fly on the wall in that conversation with Hillary and, and Bill when that came out with Monica Lewinsky. Sure that would have been a fun conversation. I'm sure. Well, anyway, I think I'm that's. Sure, I'm sure it wasn't. Oh, Bill, I, we we need to go to therapy. I'm sure there's other stuff involved. Damn sure. Well, anyway, until next week, this is it for now. Same bad time, same bad station. Thanks for listening.